Welcome to a football show, Thursday edition. Preseason game number three is upon us against the Cardinals over the weekend, and we will discuss all of the really exciting things that took place in joint Cardinals practice, if you want to call it that, for the Tennessee Titans this week. Welcome to a football show. His name is Zach. My name is Braden. Zach, how are you, sir? Good to see Doing you. Good. Doing good. We got a lot of stuff to talk about. There are now 47 safeties on the Tennessee Titans roster. Oh my God, so many safeties. <laughs> so many safeties. So we're going to talk about all the safeties. There are some major offensive line issues. As we've been talking about for weeks, there's some things that are happening along the offensive line. So we're going to get into that, of course. Uh, you've got some Logan Woodside commentary. I've got some Malik Willis observations from practice as well. Uh, a lot of stuff to get to. Um, again, just kind of a meh joint practice this week. It really like, and I was out there Thursday, uh, both days, but Thursday was just like, it, it it was it was like they took a circus-sized balloon and deflated it in a matter of seconds. It was just like the air was just gone. They they weren't wearing full pads. It was a very bizarre uh, vibe at practice on Thursday. But I think they're just last day of training camp. They're kind of winding down. So uh, week zero in college football is here as well. So Vanderbilt must win situation in week number one. If they the yeah, if they, I guess if they want to win a game. Against the group of five, we'll we'll discuss that a little bit later on because football is here, man, and it's a fun time of year. Special thanks to our great and amazing and wonderful title sponsors, the Kingston Group and Weiss Liquors, the Kingston Group, buildkg.com, Nashville's locally owned custom home and remodeling firm. Make sure you talk to them before doing anything or making any decisions about your house. It's not a difficult ask. Just talk to them. I guarantee you they will do better work than anyone else you're going to talk to. So just talk to them. That's all. Just a conversation. Uh, and Weiss Liquors, Zach, let them do what? Let them drive so you can drink. That's a great one right there. That's a phenomenal tagline. People pay millions of dollars to like high-priced New York advertising executives. And like, you just did that on the spot. It's just, you, that, that's how you roll, Zach. I just, so I just, it's very natural to promote alcohol. Yeah. <laughs> For all of us. Uh, go to Weiss, go to Uber Eats, search Weiss Liquors. Have them deliver all the booze right to your house, of course. Uh, and and again, if you pop into the store, which is right there by Nissan Stadium, just go to the cashier and just say, hey, 440 Sports or 440, and they'll give you 10% off, so tax-free booze. Both companies, of course, supporters of a football show, are locally owned and operated in Nashville. Independent companies support local business, folks. Go to Weiss Liquors and check out buildkg.com. Okay. Um, right, and, and also on the show today, the bi-weekly episode of Zach's Twitter Beef. Always something. Well, I, 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 my my Twitter beef is with Twitter itself. It's not with any anybody in particular. Okay, okay. Uh, I, I appreciate that. I enjoy that. Uh, and again, if you want to chime in, turn on all the notifications, YouTube, Facebook, Twitter. Make sure you're checking us out. Share the product with somebody. We really, really appreciate it. And again, jump into the comments here, of course, and we will answer any questions that you may have. So go ahead. Uh, throw them up in there, and uh, we'll get to those a little bit later on in the show. All right, Zach. I felt like there was so much hype around the Bucks practices, and then we were going to get another one the next week against Arizona. Those practices were very productive, I think, for everyone involved, the teams, the players, the media, the fans, the coaching staff. Everybody benefited from that Tampa Bay practice. We come to this week. Everyone's super excited. Immediately, Vrabel starts talking about on like Monday that they're changing everything around. The teams aren't going to practice against each other. It's just going to be some specific drills, and then they're not even going to have a second day. So it was very deflated this week. There was some really good two-minute drill stuff, but I don't know what I don't know who benefited at all from these this practice on Wednesday between the Cardinals and the Titans. Uh, nobody benefited, and even I saw that uh, select fans were out there as well. I mean, 
give give me a fucking break. Why even have it? At this at that point, why did they even come in and travel to do it? And why are we bending over backwards for how Arizona does business? They're in our house. Why can't we film one-on-ones and get one-on-one clips be just because oh Arizona doesn't allow it? Well, Arizona is is apparently the most controlling franchise ever because they basically essentially put in a homework clause for their quarterback, and then they punished their quarterback by saying, hey, we're going to make you call plays. We're going to show you how hard it is. Oh, I don't get this Arizona franchise. You know, I really enjoyed all or nothing Arizona Cardinals. I thought that was a really great introduction to David Johnson, the story around him, Carson Palmer. This is the most one of the most unlikable, boring-ass franchises around. I hate them. <laughs> and I think I think that Mike Vrabel bending over backwards for Cliff, Cliff Kingsbury and how they do business is utter bullshit. And it's a very beta move that I'm very surprised by Mike Vrabel. Well, I so of course you know they, they use this as an excuse because they just hate the media anyway. They don't well, want y'all to share, right. share anything. They're like, oh, well, we'll just blame it on the Cardinals. I, I will say like clips of one-on-ones on twitter i know you other people want to see them fans love them they don't actually serve any purpose like there's not really anything like act i mean they're fun to look at i guess and i get it It like why be like this if you don't have to be um i i don't know i i will say i think the one area that i think was beneficial was any rep that malik will and we'll talk more about this in a second but any rep that malik willis gets in two minute drill is desperately needed. And he got a bunch of them on Wednesday. So that at least happened. So I think that is good. I think it's interesting that like Ryan Tannehill said this after practice on Wednesday, and we were all kind of like asking these questions on the sidelines as the plays were kind of happening. It's like, why is Arizona running a bunch of stuff? They're never going to run in a game. Like it was so weird watching their formations where they're dropping their linebackers into like two high safety looks. And it's just like right. all these weird, bizarre it's formations. Like they're, they're taking practice so seriously this one day that they are literally throwing defensive looks that they hardly ever use or rarely use. They're throwing it all at the Titans. Like they think they're going to fucking win something. It's like well, they're and, a Lombardi trophy. And I almost could go the other way with that and say, are you helping yourself at all by doing a bunch of stuff? You're never like, what does Meg Vrabel preach? Like, he literally today, after practice on Thursday, was talking about how they're going to manage uh, kicking field goals at the end of games. And like, it's all about not bringing in the kicking ball, right? Like a tiny little detail that this is what makes Mike Vrabel so good. Like he practices in real time every tiny possible thing that could happen that they would actually do. So I actually don't even understand Arizona doing what they did on Thursday or on Wednesday, which is practicing a bunch of stuff they're not really going to ever use. I don't think that even helps Arizona in any way. So I don't know why, like, again, unless Vrabel went to Kingsbury and said, look, throw everything in the kitchen sink at us. Let's see how, how we do, which is, which could be valuable. And, and frankly, they did terribly. They weren't good. What is the point of that? When you turn around and say that you guys basically didn't prepare, like any team across the NFL, even if it's Patrick Mahomes or Tom Brady at the, at the helm or even Aaron Rodgers if they don't prepare for a team at all and then see a bunch of wildly different stuff, then like, I just don't think that that's very thing. I think that Cliff Kingsbury takes two takes this stuff too seriously. And I think that ultimately this is why, again, they'll probably start off a little hot and then they'll trail off because that's the Cliff, Cliff Kingsbury, Kyler Murray, you know, brand is to start off hot and then just die off at the end. And this probably leads to why they die off because they're practicing way too hard for something that doesn't even fucking matter. 
Well, and it's so funny that your perspective is that they practice too hard. My perspective is like that they're that that I think Cliff is too laissez faire. Like he's too hands off and too loosey goosey. And like now, what's funny is you talk about Kyler Murray and like the homework clause. And I'm like, well, there's some organizations, the Houston Texans, that could have used a little bit more oversight with their quarterback. Well, oh, they they did provide him with oversight. They gave him the NDAs to. Oh, that's right. You gotta remember that part. Yeah, they were. They, 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 they were, were they were part of the cover up. The wrong side of oversight. Yeah, uh, that is for sure. Yeah, I don't know. Like it just kind of. I was so honestly just stepping back as a football fan, just in general. Joint practices are so much fun to watch, and I was super excited to get out there on Wednesday. And I knew that the Thursday was already been canceled, and and then it just it like Wednesday was kind of eh, and then Thursday honestly like they're wearing shorts. A lot of the veterans weren't in, out there. I mean, I know Derrick Henry had pads on and he looked great, but like largely it was a very slow, tame. I mean, even the when the media is all going like, eh, what, eh, not learning a lot today. Like that, that's when you know it's a, it's a kind of and, a, and that's two days in a row where you you walk away with something that with nothing. I mean, from something that should have given you some information and insight. Oh wow, uh, DeAndre Hopkins, you know, pushed some pushed a defender off of him. That and then caught a ball one handed. Oh, like we haven't seen that 3,000 fucking times. Like, yeah, we know that he is the king of offensive pass interference that never gets called. So to well, me, it's like you walk away from this stuff and I'm thinking, you know, we're, we're, I was a little struggling to figure out what are we actually going to talk about that's pertinent to the Titans right now because there's not really anything that was given to anybody throughout this week of practice besides what happened on Monday and Tuesday. Well, and, I, Wednesday. And, I, and I think some of what we saw along the offensive line, you know, with Dylan Radens playing yeah. inside, which we're going to get to, like that was something that was replicated on Wednesday. Uh, I think the two minute situation in the offensive line situation should not be overlooked. I mean, I think they, they struggled, but some of that was that the Cardinals were doing things that you would never do in two minute situations, supposedly again, according to Tannehill. Um, and I, so I think there, there is some, there's still plenty of work. And I think we've talked about this before. As any time that Ryan Tannehill is 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 getting reps with Kyle Phillips, Chigakonkwu, Nick Westbrook, Akine, Austin Hooper, like guys that he's never really had lots of extended playing time with in the league in a game, I still think that's beneficial. So even if it was bad practice and they didn't perform well in the two minute, which they did not on on Wednesday, they still got a bunch of reps throwing the ball to guys that he has yet to throw a ball to in an NFL game. So I'm still okay with that being somewhat beneficial. Yeah, I mean, I get. I guess you could have just done that without any of the fanfare of having uh, fans come out. And I, I just feel like they did a disservice to multiple people. Besides, you know, th I think their own players. I mean, I don't think you really walk away learning anything. You may get reps, but you don't. If the if the reps aren't quality reps, where your 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 defense the defense you're going up against is just throwing shit at you. That doesn't even fucking make sense. Yeah. And what we'll get are those reps in the, in the I, long run. I, I kind of agree. Um, I've got a Willis piece of commentary, but I'll, I'll wait till the, uh, till the Woodside situation. Um, uh, Kevin on, on uh, the comment section here says you guys were ahead of your time. We'll take a victory lap on this in just a second with Raiden's at left guard and NPF at right tackle, LOL. Uh, so I agree with that. And then Chris asks any chance, um, that uh, Woodside hangs on just because he can effectively run the scout team. We'll get to that in a second as well. So, Chris, thank you for doing the tease for me. We do appreciate that uh, on the show. Um, all right, you want to get to the safeties here? 
Yeah. Because because we were standing around today and I said I said I was talking to Jim White. I was like, dude, how many safeties are on the roster? Like right now. And we got to like nine in seconds. Yeah. And, and it's just like they traded for another one. Ugo Amadi, of course, they they gave up uh, a sixth round pick and got a seventh round pick conditionally and him. And they this traded, is like a time in 10 days he's been traded. They, right. And they traded again for the guy from the Raiders. They got Lonnie Johnson. AJ Moore hasn't been available. Um, Which it, I think it, is a good thing. Let's get be, AJ Moore off the roster. It, it might be a good thing. Theo Jackson is back at practice for the last week. So that's good news. Um, but it's just weird. It's just weird to me. Like, I know that that's been a problem for them. They haven't found depth at that position. You know, they've kind of been looking but for it, it for a couple of like years. It feels like after the game, game two, this last preseason game, they found they found that depth. I mean, Tyree Gillespie, Lonnie Johnson, Josh Kalou, Adrian Colbert, all made different kind of plays and different impacts on that game. And we've seen that Josh Kalou does make plays on special teams. We see, saw that in 2019 specifically. I look at, I look at Lonnie Johnson, I think that, okay, well, this is a guy that they can get the most out of. And um, to do a little plug, on Wednesday evening from 6 p.m. to 7 p.m., I did something called Broadway Happy Hour, where it was a Zoom Ooh. call with a bunch of Broadway insiders. So go to broadwaysportsme.com, subscribe today. And I was talking to talking to the Broadway insiders, and I was just talking about how this team, and we've talked about it here, and we talked about it on football and other efforts. How this team can take castaways, and and even Vrabel, I think, said in his press conference, pretty much alluded to it. it give them a chance to play, and they get the most out of them. Yep. Like uh, Ugo Amadi, to me, makes no sense. Uh, it's just such a weird thing after you just traded for another uh, safety from the Raiders after you just signed Lonnie Johnson to play both safety in this, and I'm thinking why. And, you know, Mike Herndon, he said, well, he does play a lot of special teams. I said, well, we have 25 people that that we could say that about on this roster. Do You can only play 10. And, and on a field goal unit, you can only play nine because you got the kicker and the long snapper. So yep. I don't understand this obsession with, oh, well, everybody's got to – all 53 has to play special teams is what I feel like is what yep. some people think. Well, we already got that. So – then I saw that Ben Arthur said, well, in my time in Seattle, he played a lot of nickel. Okay, well, he played 106 snaps is his career in Seattle at nickel, 106 of free safety. But is nickel a dire need for this team? I, I don't feel like it is. But then I look, turn around and I, I tell the, the, the Broadway insiders, I go, I, I can get mad about it. I can scratch my head and call it weird all I want. But in the end of the day, I'm going to look like the horse's ass because Mike Vrabel's going to get something out of Ugo Amadi that nobody else has. Tyree Gillespie is going to be an all pro. You know, <laughs> all these guys are going to be contributors. And like, I just, it feels weird because it feels like I'm a, a, a flag carrying member of, you know, they can do no wrong. But every time I get mad about something or, or they, they just prove me wrong. Right, so it's right. like, you know, yeah, I get mad for like five minutes and scratch my head and thinking, well, I just put out my 53-man roster projection, then you go and trade for somebody. That screws everything up. But I think what this signals to me in the larger scheme of things is that I think they may only be keeping one uh, five wide receivers. I think this is, a, this is an indictment on – I think it's an indictment on their safety depth and their cornerback depth, but it's also an indictment on, well, we don't really need that six wide receiver. Well, and there's a few uh, moments like Chris Jackson got roasted on one play in the in the um, 
in two minute drill. He's a guy that I've kind of been, I don't want to say high on, but a guy that I thought had earned a roster spot coming into camp with the injury and maybe how he's played. It maybe hasn't been as good as we expected there. So maybe you're right. There's some depth issues there. I, I think, and and of course, Stoney uh, asked this on Facebook. If, if they're on such shaky safety ground, why wouldn't they have made a bigger play to keep Dan Crookshank? And we've talked about this. He thought he was going to get more money. He's also been injured all the time. He hasn't even played a snap for the right. Chicago Bears. I, I just don't think they viewed Crookshank as a, a valuable commodity. I think they thought they could find pieces. I find it interesting that they've traded for two of these guys. Like, so that, odd. That's what's strange about all this. Because again, you've got nine, nine or ten of them on the roster right now. You're probably going to cut six of them. Like, or five of them. I don't know what they're the number at least is. keeping five of these guys. And it depends on where you put Lonnie Johnson and Ugo Amadi on the big scheme of things, right? Because they're kind of like the hybrid nickel. They could right. play corner. They could play safety. I consider them both safeties. And I already had them at five. Now I think they're going to be at six. And I don't think this wow. Patrick's going to make it. Wow. Or I, it's just, man, it's just a mess. Like, I feel like they're way overthinking the safety roster spot for whatever reason, which makes me think that there's something that we do not know about this team. And it's just curious. I'm just so curious to see how the 53 man roster went from, man, I really know all 53 players are going to be in it. And now the back end of it is just a fucking clusterfuck. I I think it is. I think they're that safety and middle linebacker because they're only really they really only have two starters at middle linebacker and two starters at safety. There's nobody else on the, at any at any position because Monty Rice got put on the pup list, which means he has to miss, miss at least the first four games of the season. Which means come on down, Chance Campbell. Welcome to the team. You're on the roster for sure now. I I find it interesting that that they don't and some of this is just life in the NFL. If you lose a guy that's a starter, you probably are going to go to somebody who's just not that good, and that's just the way it works. But it seems like those two positions, they just didn't have a lot of depth coming into camp. And maybe they thought they did if Monty Rice was going to be healthy and Theo Jackson was going to be healthy and A.J. Moore was going to be healthy. And like all those guys have been unavailable. So they've been kind of scrapping to find depth. And now they're just giving themselves a bunch of options to choose from before they before final cutdown. It feels like that's where this is going. The trading aspect is what is just so odd. If you would have told me that, oh, late in the season, the Titans are going to trade for two players, I would have said, well, they're probably going to trade for a wide receiver and they may trade for a uh, offensive lineman. And here they are. They traded two safeties. It's like, I just, it just is, it's just so it's, it's odd, intriguing. There's like, there's a lot of mystery surrounding it and everything. And I'm thinking, well, now they may just keep four linebackers because if Monty Rice is on the pup, why Why even keep Jack Gibby on the final 53? Because then you can use that spot on now, maybe keep it two punters. I know that's crazy, but the oh. Colts you, the Colts are, are needing a punter and you can't let one of these guys go because they're both going to have to go through waivers. It's just, I, I just, I, the, the final 53 is not as, as set in stone as I thought it was like three weeks ago. Yeah. And, and that's, that's part of the beast this time of year, right? Like yeah. guys get hurt and things work out that you didn't expect and vice versa. I want to I want to make a note on the punter situation though because I, I will throw this in sort of in between our topic here because we talked about how how blah the practices were with the Arizona Cardinals. Here's what I would say: one of the moments of Wednesday's practice with Arizona that I thought was the most memorable was Ryan Stonehouse crushing balls. 
Yeah, he was. And here's the thing. Here's the thing that I have not kicking, seen kicking balls. When you say crushing, you mean kicking the ball really far. He's not going the, around and stomping on people's balls. No, no, no. That's that, not in Dominican Sue style ball crushing. Like this is like, yeah. you know, traditional Craig Hendricks style ball crushing. Um, he was in the back of the end zone, back of his own end zone. They were landing inside the other 20. And. Here's the other thing that I thought was the most important part of this. Not only with the hang time and the spirals, every now and then he, there was a kind of a wobbly one. But when he got it, which was, I'd say, 85, 90% of the time, when he got it right, they were very difficult to catch. Everybody dropped him. Kyle Phillips dropped him. Mason Kinsey dropped him. Traylon Burks dropped him. They were all dropping him. And it wasn't, it, there's something with the way, the amount of spin he's putting on it or something. I don't know, the wind, the hang time. They could not catch it. So if you're going to give me that amount of hang time and make it difficult to catch, I I don't know, man. If he can learn, Brett Kern still very clearly has the directional ability that's better. But man, that dude has got a huge leg. You said it from the beginning. 51 plus yard NCAA record. Family of punters. Also his demeanor, nothing phases him. He is like, like he's all mullet. The stone baby. house is stone cold. Yeah, yeah. Nice. Uh, he, the, I mean, he's just nothing phases him. And I think he's, I think he's better than Brett Kern right now. And uh, I, I mean, ultimately that's what you're deciding on, right? You're, you're, you're saying to yourself, I'm, I'm taking Ryan, I'm keeping Ryan Stonehouse and cutting Kern, let him walk because you think that sooner rather than later, he will start dropping off and he can't keep the magic going when, when, as the regular season goes on, you're thinking oh, we can teach Ryan Stonehouse to be more accurate because he's already got everything else. And that's all you got to do is teach him how to be accurate on his punts. So, yep. Uh, yeah. It, if, he gets, if he gets, if he gets, if he gets the directional thing down, like Kern has done so brilliantly for 10 years. Yeah. Stonehouse is the guy for the next 10 years. Like right. the, he it's, it's all, everything else is there for him. And I don't know if you can carry two. That seems crazy. So um, yeah. there you have it. All right. Malik w Willis and Logan Woodside. Uh, the, the oh, offensive line. line. Okay. So, we were ahead of this. Victory lap. We, we were ahead of this. We told you a long time ago that the best five players could include Dylan Radens at left guard. He was playing right guard on Thursday. Um, Nate Davis still. Where's Nate Davis? Um, now they have a lot of time off between their now and their first game and a couple of regular practices. So there's, there's no real reason to be concerned. A lot of veterans were working over on the side. Uh, I did see that Danico Autry exists. Yes. I, I, I He, he is alive. Hand, right. He is alive and a human, and it does appear that there might potentially, hypothetically, be something wrong with his right hand um, slash wrist slash who knows what. But um, I, yeah, this offensive line, like this, is to me like packaged with the safety thing. When you put bring the safety thing into it, and you just go like, "You're sure you didn't want to just try Eric Flowers? Like what? Like why? Why didn't you just try somebody? Like." Because Dylan Radens, I watched him on Wednesday on the other field. He, he was not winning in one-on-one -on -one drills with the Cardinals defensive lineman. He was getting beat then too. I, I just, it's not not looking good for for Dylan Radens. Well, the, and that's the problem is is that if he can't work it out at left guard, the, you know, there's there's a small contingent of people who think that Dylan Radens can still be a left tackle in this league, and they think that the Titans are doing him a disservice by trying him out at guard because they. I don't, I don't, I can't explain it. I, I don't understand it. 
you know, I talked about it on the podcast, Football Under the Air Force, this week about how Chase Young does play over the right tackle a lot more than he plays over the left tackle. So did he really move him, or is that just part of their normal game plan? And let's not forget that he still allowed the most pressures that game and that vaunted Hall of Fame performance by Dylan Raidens that everybody wants to talk about. And he's getting his ass kicked every time he goes out there, and it's because defensive players know that after like one or two times going up against him, he's not vicious. There's no mean streak to him. They're not scared that he's going to punch back or fight back. They know they can bully him, and that's what's, that's just what the film shows, right? So we we said, and you, you said this from the beginning, and I've said since the draft that I thought that if Dylan, if they feel that Dylan Radins or uh, let's go with Trevor Penning, if they were going to draft Trevor Penny in the first, then Dylan Reigns would obviously go to your left guard. And that would be your best five. And obviously, NPF is catching up, doing what he needs to do, which is a good thing, right? Yeah, I mean, it's a, good, it's a good development. Yeah. Yeah. Because he's improving. He wants the desire to start and be a right tackle in the league. Dylan Reigns is basically a pushover. It, you do you to salvage it, you have to move him to left guard, and, we, and we've said that all along. But you know, when you talk about all of this, and I, I go back to depth, Jamarco Jones is I don't know if he's going to make the team technically. I know that they will carry uh, a hit against the cap if they cut him, but he hasn't been healthy, and when he's been healthy, he hasn't been good, and he's missed a lot of games. And so today, I went and looked at possible replacements around the NFL that could get cut. I went and looked at depth charts. Then I looked at what the local beat writers are saying their latest 53 projection is. So I went through all teams. Yeah, all 32? All 32. Commitment, baby. I love it. Yeah. We're going to go through it real quick. Bobby Hart, sloppy fart. He sucks. Chuma Adoga, he, he goes for the Jets. He's played both sides, left tackle, right tackle. He's probably okay, but is that really, do you really need just a guy that plays tackles or do you need a guy that plays guard and tackle? Alex Taylor never played in a regular season game. He plays for the Browns currently and has only played LT in the preseason. And he's been all right, but he's, again, only played preseason in three years. Then you have Trent Scott. He plays both tackle spots. He sucks. Cameron Fleming is probably the best and most accomplished on the list. He's currently for the Broncos, and they're talking about he's not going to make it. And when he's healthy, he's got extensive work at right tackle in the career, and he's been very passable his career. He's only allowed 5.5% of pressures on all of his pass snaps. That's an intriguing guy, but that's also a guy that's going to look for a place to start. And if 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 NPF yep. is your starter – why are you bringing in Cameron Fleming? Roderick Johnson is a name to watch out for. He's the guy that used to be on the Texans for two years, and uh, he's gonna probably going to get cut by the Chiefs. He doesn't really move the needle. We're talking about strict depth. You got Zach nobody, Bailey. Nobody that's about to get cut is interesting to me. Yeah, so you got Zach Bailey, Eric Smith, LaRaven Clark, all suck. Kendall Lamb is probably going to get cut. Guess you could bring him back, but he sucks too. Obina Ezing who, uh, of course, everybody knows that he went to school here in Nashville because, like, that fucking matters. Oh, he, what are you talking? Hey, 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 wait a second. That is that is what defines whether or not you'll be a successful NFL player. Obviously. That's why, you know, the, these guys get, you know, go in the sixth round and get traded and are going to get cut because they played Nashville football. In fact, it needs to be Overton, not just Nashville. It needs yeah. to be Overton. The uh, But Obina is a – he's on hard knocks. He's a Lions. He's an undrafted free agent rookie. 
He's only allowed one pressure in 34 snaps. They did show interest in him as well as showing interest in another uh, rookie offensive lineman that's probably going to get cut from the Vikings, Vidarian Lowe from Virginia. Dan Skipper, he sucks. Chandler Brewer and Jordan okay, Mills, we, we get they it. all suck. And so if people who are going to get cut, guess what? Newsflash, they aren't good. So you're yeah. looking for depth pieces or practice squad guys. If you're looking for contributors on the waiver wire, people that got cut, they have to be listed under surprise cuts, and none of these yeah, guys yeah, are surprise yeah. cuts. Yeah. Uh, D. Good says, uh, "Bring him home, baby. Bring him home." <laughs> I love the Nashville thing. I love like, oh well, he's but he's from Nashville. Then he's got to be worthwhile. And and, and we only get questions like Ugo Mati. Well, what does it feel like to be back at your hometown? Oh, do you did you grow up rooting for the Titans? Instead of asking, hey, why do you think you got tra got traded twice in ten days? Does that bother you? Yeah, that's that, that that's a that's a fair question. Um. Let me so so two two quick questions here for you. I do or one observation and then one question for you. Observation is I don't mind actually going after undrafted free agents that get cut yeah. because sometimes teams just miss on a guy, misevaluate him once he's in the camp and they just let him go and they like I think that's that's worthwhile sometimes is going to get like a small uh, like a an undrafted free agent rookie because you don't really know what they are yet. So I think there's some reward involved in that risk. Here's my question though. Who's on who who's on your 53? Who are the top primary backups? Because Christian Delora has been the top tackle in Jordan Roots has been Jordan Roots has been the top guard in. So who who are the Titans keeping right now in your mind on the offensive line? I got Dylan Radins, Jamarco Jones, Corey Levin, and Jordan Roos. And I think that both Roos and Jones, I think both their seats are very warm. Those are the backups because I think it's obviously Lawan Brewer, Jones, Davis, NPF. Okay. So I got them keeping nine. I said, I said, could be a surprising guy. Sorry, hang on. I'm sorry to interrupt. You said Delora Roos. No, I, I said Delora can go fuck off. <laughs> no, 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 no. He should not Roos, make me on this team. Roos, Jones, Levin. Raidens. Raidens. Because Raidens technically would be a backup. To Brewer. Gotcha. Okay. Yeah. All right. So that's the nine. All right. Yeah. That's about right. I mean. Yeah. I said it could be a surprising guy to take someone's spot. You know, maybe... Jamarco Jones gets cut. This guy comes up, or maybe him and Jordan Roos kind of switch out here at this spot, last spot. But Xavier Newman Johnson, who has performed really well in the preseason, nobody's really talking about, and he's played all four spots. Uh, he's played, I think, yeah, he's played a bunch of the spots on the offensive line. He's done really well. Take an off-planet shuttle. These are guys that I want them gone from my existence for forever. Willie Wright, Christian Delurio, and Andrew Rupsich. And okay. maybe sticking around the practice squad is going to be Hayden Howerton, Jalen McKenzie with Xavier Newman Johnson or Jordan Roos right there as well. Howerton's kind of one of the first guys in on the second team as as well. Um, this is what it looks like when we're at practice. We got these uh, we got these roster sheets here that we fold into halves, and then we we're, we're this is what we do. So if you're looking on, you're watching on the YouTube's and the Twitters and the the Facebook, that's what we do. And you fold it in half like that, and then you get to monitor that your That is uh, ridiculously long. I mean, that's like the legal pad, right? I mean, legal size. But you got to get every single player on there. And the and for those of you who've never been, like, you clearly want to organize it numerically, not alphabetically, because that doesn't help you. So you have to do it numerically. So there you gotcha. go. Um, all right. Malik Willis and uh, Logan Woodside? Yes. So do you want my first – my my – this week of practice, Malik Willis observation first yeah, before you get I into Logan so. with that. Okay. So this is not necessarily new information, but I do think it sort of crystallizes a, a, a point about Malik Willis. And again, not going to be earth shattering stuff here, but he did run the two minute drill on, on Wednesday against the Cardinals. 
they weren't good. Neither was Tannehill, but Willis wasn't good again. And I have asked, I was sitting around like with three other media people, and I asked every single one in separate conversations, and I said, can you remember a two-minute drive in camp at any point during camp in which Malik Willis led a score where the drive was considered, quote-unquote, successful? And we came up with one touchdown pass to Des Fitzpatrick in three conversations. And then we couldn't come up with another one. And the point being, it doesn't matter how many you can come up with. If you cannot come up with them, that's the problem. That's the story. And again, just reiterating that he's very, very long. He's a very long way away from being a starting quarterback. I still think, and this goes to Thursday's practice, Logan Woodside had a clear and terrible pick six. He is worse than he was last year. Logan Woodside is not as good as he was last year or the year before. I still think I would keep Malik Willis and not Logan Woodside. I think that is what I've, I'm now, I know we said that on Monday, but I think we're definitely, I'm definitely saying it today. I, I'm definitely, I think back on their keeping three quarterbacks and I, I don't think I'm with you. I'd rather them just keep Malik Willis, but I do think that they're going to keep three quarterbacks. And I think that it's a roller coaster for you. It is. It, 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 I go back and forth. So I think I'm just going to settle that the team is going to keep three quarterbacks. and. I, I go back to what uh, Jim Wyatt said on Tuesday. And he said, at this point, I don't think Malik has proven himself ready to be the number two. And I can't help but wonder if Woodside is instead competing against another quarterback who could become available another week or so. Ooh. So he said that in his mailbag on Tuesday. Now, I'm not going to be like another Twitter user and go in my car and film a video and say, with all, you know, I love, you know, this person, but I'm not going to name them is what this guy said. And he goes, I don't know. And he goes, because I respect him too much. And then later, five minutes later, he goes like, I don't know how fucking stupid you could be talking about Jim Wyatt saying this, which Who is are we talking um, about. You're going you, to name Sal, names. Salman Freddie, who's a complete and utter loser. He does this. He did. He cries in his car and films himself and does all these weird videos in his car. But he has this weird. It's one of those got Twitter accounts that has a weird following that shouldn't. Because obviously he doesn't respect Jim Wyatt because he just said, I don't know how fucking stupid you can be. And he has no clue what he's talking about. So I think it's plausible that while that makes sense for Jim Wyatt, to say because I do think they're going to keep three quarterbacks and we obviously from what you say Malik Willis may not be ready but I do think it's plausible that they are looking at veterans but when you really start looking at the backup quarterback situation around the league ain't nobody better <laughs> like, no. like there's really not because what you're looking for at this stage of the game because they're, if they're going to come in and truly be your second quarterback your immediate backup to Ryan Tannehill. You need a veteran quarterback hitting the market that's familiar with the offensive system. So not necessarily Todd Downey's system, but knows how Lane to Lane Gabbert, baby. And you need a veteran quarterback that's better than Woodside. Blaine Gabbert. Blaine Gabbert is not better than Logan Woodside. Yes, he is. No, he is not. And he's not getting cut from Tampa Bay. They're not going to, they're Kyle Trask is again. They're not going to run with Kyle Trask. And Blaine Gabbert's not better. Because I, I, if he so was, it, it, it wouldn't have kept him, Logan Woodside around on the roster over Blaine Gabbert. Maybe like, that's maybe that's true. I think you had it right on Monday. Like, I'm just so done with this conversation. Yeah. Like, I'm but, so I don't Logan Woodside somehow, some way through consistency and and smarts, making good decisions, protecting the football, and consistently doing that is how he won the backup job the last two years. He has not been that this year in camp. 
So to me, watching him throw a pick six to Christian Fulton on Thursday. But Malik Willis threw a pick six to Arizona Cardinals. Just right. The day before. And and I just but that's what that's what Logan Woods I didn't do the last two years, is what I'm trying to say. Like Malik, uh, I, I expect I, that from Malik Willis. I don't I, I, I think that there is a I, I'm gonna go back and double check that because I Dollars to donuts. That is not Logan Woodside's first pick six of his offseason career. That may be totally true. But what I am telling you is that he is worse this year at this time during this camp than he was each of the last two years. And I, I asked a few people, I was like, hey, do you do you see this too? Like, he's not looked like the same. It's not about, like, playing behind a worse offensive line in a preseason game. I'm talking about practice. And we're talking about practice. And I, the people I've spoken with all agree with me. He is not as good as he was the last two years. And I, I that is he's making struggling this, with the Tim Kelly effect. Like, I think Maybe. that they're asking him to do more than what his arm can do. But when you go and look at the guys getting cut, Matt Barkley, he already beat that guy to death. Yeah. Josh Johnson, Tim Boyle, Kevin Hogan. Oh, he already beat that guy, too. I, I don't want to do those Kirkman, guys. Skylar Thompson, Sean Mannion, Davis Webb, Brock Purdy, Ryan Griffin. All guys that he's either this, they're either the same at talent level or if there's if they're or they're worse and really when it comes down to it aren't you going to keep the guy that knows all your players knows all the the playbook already there's just no reason to cut him and I, to, and I just don't think they will I just I mean I don't you're probably right but in my opinion if we are discussing a Tannehill less team I'd I, rather go Logan or Malik Willis I'd all day go, long I'd rather go Malik Willis and frankly I don't think it matters. Like it doesn't, I, I'm, this is what's so weird about this conversation is that like, I don't, I would rather Malik Willis get out there and get reps and lose a game. If I'm a Titans fan, then, you know, bring in some waiver wire guy who's give you some, what, what is, what is a waiver wire guy going to give you over Malik Willis? Like a half of two per, 2% chance of winning a game. The, more? the only guy that's know. really out there that may get cut, but probably won't. Cause Matt Corral just got injured is PJ Johnson. That's over at um, Carolina, but with Matt Corral being out for the season, they're not going to let him go because they know somebody will pick him up. Well, and Matt Rule coached him at Temple, by the way, yeah. back at, way back in the day at Temple. So, uh, listen, I, you think Logan Woodside is still better than the, the vast answer. majority of, of other backup quarterbacks? I think he's the better the vast majority of backup quarterbacks that will become available of, at the 53. I don't think he's one of the best quarterback. I think he's the best of the worst, which is the guys that got cut. Gotcha. I'm you on board with that. Yeah, because, I, I mean, when you're talking about that list, and that's the best names on the list. I mean, there's going to be a lot more quarterbacks to hit the market. So unless they're going to trade for one, which would be ridiculous, and unless there is some wild surprise cut that we're not expecting, then I just don't see that this guy – they're they're – I just don't feel like they're going to risk putting Malik Willis in these games if it came down to it. And But I don't understand why not just go ahead and take the risk. I, that, I that's, personally that's don't get it. That's exactly where I'm at. It's like, dude, we've looked around. We've searched the world. We've tried everything else. We drafted this guy in the third round. He clearly has more talent than everybody else. Just ride with the guy. I knew PJ Johnson wasn't right. Yeah, Someone Walker, corrected me, yeah. PJ Walker. Thanks, Kevin. Way to go. No, no, we, you're, you're right, Kevin. We love you. Um, I, I just, to me, I'm just like, what... Like just remove the headache from the equation yeah. and just ride with Malik Willis. I don't but know. But they they won't do that. They just, I just yeah. I feel like that in their bones they will not let that happen. All right. Before we move on, uh, special thanks of course to our title sponsors, the Kingston Group and Weiss Liquors. Zach, it, let me ask you something, buddy. Yes. If you were going to add a whole new Titans wing to your house, mm. like what would you want? First of all, what would you put in the Titans wing? Like you've got a whole new wing of your house. 
Well, definitely a bunch of TVs, obviously a kitchen inside that room, because Ooh. to me, having to leave to go to the kitchen or leave to go somewhere, you know, to get something done, I'm going to go kitchen so I can cook there. I can serve there and all that kind of stuff. So kitchen, dining room table, couches everywhere and a big, large TV. I think definitely, definitely a wet bar. Yeah, I need some indoor, outdoor. Uh, I need some like two way versatility space as well. Right. Like I want some outdoor space that can be indoor and some indoor space that can be outdoor. You know what I mean? Like yeah. some garage door or something. I need some convertible space that can play both left guard and right tackle inside there outside. Um, so I want all of that. And you know who could do all of that for you, Zach, if you wanted to put a wing on your house. Oh, who tell me why slickers? No Kingston group. <laughs> Kingston group can do that for you. Buildkg.com. Check out their Instagram page, by the way, and their Twitter account, like the photos of the stuff that they do. I'm telling you, it is better than any home makeover show you've ever seen. Go look at their work. It is exceptional. It is extraordinary. And if you're going to do something with your house, make sure you check out the Kingston Group, Build KG. Locally owned and operated, award-winning for over 10 years in Nashville, buildkg.com. And of course, Weiss Liquors. Football show is brought to you by Weiss Liquors. Go to Uber Eats, search Weiss Liquors, have booze delivered right to your door. What would you deliver right to your door right now, Zach? If I could Ooh, send, I'm going to send you booze right now. What do you want? I, I would need, uh, I just ran out last night of some Teddy Love Pilsner from Fat Bottom. Okay. So I need right. that. All right. Or Pitch um, Invasion. I'll, I'll take either of those from Fat Bottom. Also check out Weiss Liquors Instagram account at Weiss Liquors on IG. They always post a sto on story. They always post on their stories about allocation Friday. So on every couple Fridays, they have an allocation of good bourbon, which of course you can't get anywhere. And they put it out and it's gone in like 30 minutes. So make sure you're following them. Make sure you check them out on the socials. And again, Uber Eats, search Weiss Liquors, have the booze de delivered right to your door. Uh, and of course, if you go in right there on Gallatin and East East, uh, East Nashville, right there by Titan Stadium, say 440 at the cashier, get 10% off tax-free booze. There you go. Uh, all right. Game number three, Titans and Cardinals. What are you actually looking forward to in this game, Zach? I, I'll tell you what I'll be watching. I don't know if I'm technically looking forward to it. Obviously, Malik Willis's improvement. Keep on improving. See what he can do. See what if Traylon Burks is actually going to play. What Raidens does at left guard and how much action does he see at left guard and if any of it's actually any good. And what all these new safeties do this week. Like that, that's what yeah. it's kind of like a game. Like if the starters play, that's great. If the starters don't play, that's also great. Like, I, mean, I guess they're just going to start off slow against the New York giants. Cause that's what they like doing. So we'll see uh, of the 53 that you are now confused by bam bamboozled. Even how many, yeah, Kevin says no injuries. That's exactly what we're all looking forward to. There's no question about that. This is all about Mike Vrabel and John Robinson finalizing the last spots on the roster, right? So, what are the debates in your mind? Who who are the last five, six, seven players that you think right now are that should be concerned and nervous and are going into this game going, I got to prove myself to earn my spot? I think Greg Maven, Chris Jackson, I think, uh, you know, Trey Avery or Trey Swilling, if you want to consider those guys, I think the back end of the cornerback room should be looking over their shoulder. I think that the safeties, you know, sorting that whole mess out. They There's a lot of guys there. Obviously, Deshaun Hand needs to make some kind of impact this game if he wants to even be considered to be on the 53. Because right now, Demarcus Walker, Deshaun Hand, that's your five and your six defensive linemen. But they're so far apart yeah. in importance to this team. So, But out of all those guys, Deshaun Hand is the closest to being 
a uh, on the roster. And I think this whole offensive line mess that's going on right now, I, obviously Raidens is secure because technically he's a swing tackle like Jamarco Jones. But if they're not, if Jamarco Jones isn't healthy, and d- I think that him and Jordan Ruse are like first guys on, last guy and first guys off, or last guys on, first guys off, because I think that they could easily be interchanged with one of these other guys. Um, and obviously, Des Fitzpatrick is playing for his role in general. I think that the six wide receiver spot is a spot that may not even exist. They may just go five. And I think Tommy Hudson also is looking to play for his life as well. So it sounds like we got probably what eight to ten players. I would say about eight to ten, yeah, that are fighting for four to six spots, something like that. Yeah. Um, after Des, you know, there's a lot of people that really like Mason Kinsey. He has had a very good camp. I don't think he's, you know, he's not better than Kyle Phillips. He's not going to play more than Kyle Phillips. By the way, Kyle Phillips on Wednesday went over the middle down the seam in two minute. Tannehill hit him in a very difficult pass. He got smoked. Uh, clean hit by the safety from the Cardinals. But he got, like, here's the thing with Kyle Phillips. Like, it is not hard to to make his body flop around when you hit him. Like, he's not yeah. a big dude. He got barely touched, and like it was one of those where like head over heels, and you're like, whoa, and like the whole crowd elicits a, a response. So I look at this thing with the the six wide receiver spot, Mesa Kinsey, whatever, who gives shit, is that with Traylon Burks having these issues, who's closer to Traylon Burks in terms of the measurables between out of the the six wide receivers? Right, Racy. Out of the 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 six wide receiver and back people that are not making the team. Oh, oh, not making the team. Yeah, probably it'd be, it'd be Des. Probably would Des. be that guy, right? So, yeah. like that's to me is what because then if Racy's playing that spot, then who's closest to Racy? Yeah, I mean, he, frankly, Des is not going to ever do the down the field stuff like those two guys. Yeah. Reggie Roberson might be a guy that in certain routes goes down the field. I yeah. don't. Know. But I'm just saying that if they're keeping the six wide receiver spot, they're not keeping a yeah. Mason Kinsey. They're no, keeping a Des Fitzpatrick. I, I agree with that. I think it's. I think Des is on the team. I think they're going to keep six. But I'm trying to figure out what's the pecking order after him. And I think it's like Kinsey and Roberson, and that might be it. I would say that Roberson is going to get called up before Mason Kinsey in most in most instances if of an injury. Yeah. We'll see. We'll see what Reggie does this weekend. That's probably true. And uh, as Carlos points out. Go Titans. Go Titans. Uh, there you go. That's all you need. You just drink some beer, buy it from Weiss Liquors, get, sit in your brand new man cave built by Kingston Group, and watch a bunch of guys that are about to lose their jobs. Play a football playing a football game that's kind of a football game. I don't know. Yeah. It's, we'll it's so weird. Preseason game three, it was it's just so weird. It's so yeah. it'll be nice yeah. to see if there's some surprise cuts from other teams that can can you know make some waves for the Tennessee Titans, but they're also so far down the waiver wire priority that it's yep. those those guys are typically going to be gone by the time the Titans get to claim them. Kind of an uneventful week, man. I know. Like I, know. I mean, if the most eventful thing we saw was a punter, like I don't know, like uh, <laughs> it's, that, that's that's all you need to know. Week zero, college football is here, baby, and yes, there is an SEC team in action. This weekend, and it's a must-win situation because the Vanderbilt Commodores are on the road against Hawaii, 9.30 Central Time. No, Stony. I'm not going to break down Northwestern and Nebraska. Stop. Stop it. Just stop it. But although it is in Ireland, and it is going to be – it's an actual Big Ten conference game, so that's kind of cool. But 
Vanderbilt at Hawaii. Here's the thing. Wife goes to sleep. Kids go to sleep. Dogs asleep. You got the whiskey that you bought from Lice, Lice Liquors. You got the TVs going. I'm watching Vanderbilt at Hawaii. It's a six and a half point spread. It could be a close-ish game. I'm not suggesting it's going to be high-level viewership, high-level football, but it could be a close game in a beautiful setting. Mike Wright's an established quarterback for Vanderbilt. And if Vanderbilt's going to hit the over two and a half this year, if you got money on the over, this is a must-win situation for Vander the Vanderbilt Commodores. Must win, baby. Yeah, it's uh, it's ridiculous. I'll probably forget it's even on by the time it rolls around that night and uh, be watching something else. It's it's you know Vanderbilt Hawaii. Don't know if that really is gonna you know keep my I attention or whatever. Of course, it's right after I guess when the Titans game will be over on Saturday. So the good nice little transition. A little bit of a nightcap, like it's a nightcap game. Like here's here's the deal. Yeah, lay the six and a half and bet Vanderbilt over two and a half, and then you have a very real reason to watch on Saturday night. <laughs> yeah, because we'll if, see. You, if you take the over on the two and a half, like this is one of the only times that you need to watch. Yeah. So what, there's nothing else happening. There, very rarely is Vanderbilt going to command any attention at all or any interest. We've been jonesing for college football for nine months. Why not? Why not? Because there's other ones that can get my college football fix on. Like Ooh, this, what do you like? Watch? I don't know. This is the game in Ireland. Well, that's at like three o'clock in the afternoon. That's yeah, early. Yeah, there, there you go. Go from three o'clock and get, head into the Titans game, and then I'll be done. You don't want to watch uh, Wyoming and Illinois, old Burt Bielema and, and the Illinois Fighting Illini hosting <laughs> the Wyoming Cowboys? Yeah, you make it sound exciting, but it's not really that exciting. It's only a 10 point spread. How about Utah State and UConn? <laughs> No, I'm no, doing this no. off the top of my head. That's how sick and twisted I am. Oh, man. Um, there's a UTSA game that's worth watching on Saturday as well. Yeah, you know, maybe that one. Good. That's a good, fo decent football team. So there you go. Uh, Kevin asked if our fantasy league is still happening. Zach, I don't know. Is it happening? I don't know. You're in charge. <laughs> <laughs> I think I think we won a fantasy league. Yeah. The question is, so here's, we'll just, you want to live workshop this for a second? Yeah. Um, so a couple of people DM'd me and were like, hey, we'd love to be in the league. And I was like, absolutely, you're, you're in. Here's my question for you, Zach. Should we do? Do we have to do it in person? Does everyone need to be in Nashville? Uh, I don't. I don't think we'll be able to get all that down. Now, if you want to be able to give them the option to come somewhere in Nashville, then yes. But more more than likely, people with everybody's schedule, whatever time you set them craft, it's gonna be hard to do. That's valid. That's valid. I, I think we'll. I think we'll keep it simple in terms of a scoring system because I know you like that. You like simple things. Half so we'll point keep PPR. Six point touchdowns, Check. twenty five uh, yards per per pass. Uh, ten, for ten for rushing ten and for receiving. Ten re Check. rushing, receiving. No, and you're not going to let me do IDPs. No, no IDPs. God, so rude. People don't have fifteen hours to draft. So disrespectful. So disrespectful. Um. All right. So we'll get it going, and uh, just turn on the Twitter account, turn on the notifications, make sure you're following us, and we'll we'll shoot out a link and we'll get the draft going. And I think there's a few of you that have sort of already been grandfathered in. So. Maybe we can get a few uh, Broadway sports guys to, to join. You want to get some Broadway Wait, sports? It's 12 team league. So we got to figure oh, out how many spots we got. Don't want to bring anybody okay. out from the outside in. Let's, I want to fill right. it with listeners. 10 listeners and Zach and I. And we'll put something on the line where if you beat both of us, then you, we'll give you some cool gift card to, to Weiss Lickers or whatever. So Sounds good. We'll do something. So just stay tuned. Follow the Twitter accounts for that. Uh, special thanks to Weiss Lickers and Kingston Group for supporting the show. Again, please go check out their accounts. Check out the websites, buildkg.com. Weiss Lickers on Uber Eats. They'll send the booze right to your house. So do all of that. Zach, where can people find you? Find me on Twitter at FWordSpot. 
There you go. Football and other F words every Wednesday. Make sure you check that show out as well. All the other great shows from Broadway whoa, whoa, Sports whoa, whoa. Media. We're not closing oh. up yet. Oh, we're not. We got not a football show going. Oh, that's on. Right. I have Twitter beef with oh, Twitter. God, I'm so sorry. I can't believe I did that. I'm so sorry. So I have an issue with the targeted ad I have been seeing for about a few days now, and I've I've saved it because I don't know why I've received this ad. So I haven't blocked it or muted it or say I don't like to see this ad because I've been saving it for this occasion. But I have the tweet right here, and I want you all to watch this tweet that I got. So I'm, I'm going to bring up the tweet here. Oh, wow. Just a second. Okay. So we got the tweet Ooh, right fancy. here. Look at this. It's, Look at yeah. this. So hopefully it plays with audio. We'll see. It is not going to play with audio, it looks like. <laughs> okay. Oh, so it, it's so those of you. is it? Do you hear it? Because it's playing. It was playing. It. Okay. Hold on. This is live live radio here. Nope. Not hearing it? Not hearing it. So for those on the podcast, it says, it's so important to be an advocate for your health. C period. Different survivor. Keys, Kiki shares her amazing story. And I can't even read the who this is from. This is from uh, Faring Microbome. And it is for deadly diarrhea. So this oh is... God. So this is... This is promoting oh a medicine, a, a pill of some sort or something to help cure her diarrhea because she can't even leave the house. I can't even spell diarrhea. So I would like Twitter to know that I don't have really bad diarrhea. I can't even spell it. I have to look at it. Oh, God. And I think it's ridiculous. I don't even know why I got targeted. I don't even use the word diarrhea at all. This is the most I've used diarrhea. So in you never Google years. you never Google searched like anything? Because that's where it comes from, is no, like all your online I, history. The, I have never. Now the only the only thing I have for, was months ago for Huxley and when he had stomach issues. And I would Google dog has runny poop or dog, you know, that's it, like that. but that's I'm it. not a dog. Dog doesn't use Twitter. So, but how about like, okay, like are you months ago? Are you in fact accidentally throwing your wife under the bus here? <laughs> no, no. Cause she doesn't have diarrhea either. Okay. Okay. That's enough. Like, that's like a, that's enough. we do not have a diarrhea pooping issue in this household among the humans that are in that use Twitter. So, Yes, I know that I'm making it's, it worse for sure. Saying I know, it, I know you are. This is the most I've ever said it in a in like five years. Stoney is like Stony Keely instantly of, of the Sobros Network, instantly doing research, and uh, he's like turns into a, a live producer when we do this, uh, talking about clo. What is that? Clostridiodes. I don't even know what that yeah. is. Um, a difficile, which is like a Spanish word. Um, it's a bacterium that causes diarrhea and uh, colitis, an inflammation of the colon. Uh, it's an est it's estimated to cause almost half a million infections in the United States each year. Here's a question, and I can't confirm or deny if any of that's true. It's irresponsible journalism me to just read your your post, Stony, on the air. Um, it is deadly. Has, has has there been a death due to diarrhea? Like, is that well, a I'm thing? Sure there is because dehydration and stuff. If you if you can't leave the house or you can't get a hold of someone, you're just exploding diarrhea everywhere in your in your room bathroom and just just apparently this woman is just 
just covered her house in diarrhea. I don't even know how it looks so clean. This, this must is, be someone else's house. This is my favorite. Zach doesn't have really bad diarrhea. Just on let Twitter right know. I do not have really bad diarrhea, and I feel attacked and so triggered gross. by this by this message. But that, in theory, is death by dehydration, not death by diarrhea. So I want to know: is if in, can you actually die, perish directly from the the act of diarrhea? Like an exploding colon, and all of a sudden you just you, you're dead. Like I, I don't do so. I mean, can? people people get backed up, right? And they can get infected because they can't. The, well, opposite, that's the opposite of, of diarrhea, and that's what I'm saying. But why can't it be the other way, right? Oh my god, this is this is but what everybody comes to football show for. Apparently, what was it? What do he say? It says estimated to cause almost half a million infections in the United States each year. So obviously, you can die from an infection. So good for Kiki, which I feel like a 50-year-old, 50-plus-year-old woman named Kiki is also utterly ridiculous. K-E-E-K-E-E. -E -E -E. With a space in the middle. Yeah, with a space in the middle. But, like, she's just, she can't even leave the house. So that's what she says. I can't leave the house. I got fucking diarrhea. It's deadly. Deadly I, diarrhea. There's so many, like, not serious conversations. And there's, like, a couple of really serious conversations about this, which is, how do how do targeted ads actually find you on social media apps, which is based on literally everything you've ever typed into your phone? Like if you've typed anything into a search bar in the in a URL, a Google search on a podcast app, anywhere in your phone, it has been collected and stored and tracked. Your locations are collected and stored and tracked. I'm not trying to be big brother here. It's just maybe, what we've maybe all good Bill is a big diarrhea town. Like Goodlittleville, <laughs> Tennessee is just filled with deadly diarrhea. It's just big, shitting everywhere. Big, big diarrhea town. Big diarrhea yeah. town. Goodlittleville. So, but that's how you end up with that ad. So there has to be something in your daily life on your phone, internet travels that indicate that you need to be concerned about deadly diarrhea. I guess so. Maybe it's just all the recipes I've been been using and apparently they must think that these recipes are causing me a ton of diarrhea. A lot of spicy chorizo in those recipes? No. Like I mean we okay. have to keep it keep it a little mild for for the wife and Okay. All right. I I don't get it. I I just I'm I'm pissed off at Twitter. God, I'm so glad that you I'm I'm so pissed at myself that I almost did not allow this part of the show to happen. Uh, I'm so glad we got it in there. So thank you. Thank you for that. No problem. Um, man. Uh, I don't know where to go from here. Uh, go to Weiss and start drinking. I don't know. Uh, buildkg.com if you need a renovation on your house. And apparently to Twitter if you need to solve your deadly diarrhea problem. Oh, my God. Okay. Uh, Jack, where can everybody find you? At Efforts Pod and not on the on toilet. The toilet. <laughs> I poop regularly. I mean, I've got a regular schedule too. I play, I play morning games. I play road games. I'm fine with that. I think everybody should play road games. I think it's fine. I think it's a good yeah. idea. Uh, I got, well, I got two daughters, and they're gonna hate this. I got one that plays road games just fine, and the other one that doesn't. And I'm like, that's yeah. gonna cause you problems. Yep. She's gonna be end up like Kiki later on in life. Yep. Gonna have that explosive diarrhea problem. My name is Braden Gall. Mercifully, this has been a football show. Thank you guys for listening. Enjoy the weekend. We'll be back on Monday for Zach. I'm Braden. This is 440 Sports.